0: As always, it's Noor, and uh, I'm here with my brother Raheel. Hi, Raheel. How are you? Hello. Um, you want to just jump right in? Sure. Oh, you muted yourself, and then you, no, I you did. You muted yourself, and then it was too delayed, and then I seemed like I was talking to no one. Oh, you're doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you went to an EDM concert this weekend. Why don't you tell me about it?
1: Indeed, I did. Um, it was the time of my life.
0: Okay. That's the end Would of the you, story. Well, yeah, okay. You last week, by the way, everybody, uh, thank you for messaging about last week's episode. Many people besides myself um, didn't know that Bruce was such a revolutionary woke
1: king. First, first of all, you guys, anybody that doesn't know that, you should be ashamed of yourself. You don't know your American history <laughs> and you don't know your pop culture history.
0: Okay, calm down. This is not nice secondly
1: um i realized after the fact that i um uh i identified one of his songs incorrectly i called it 40 shots and it's in fact 41 shots because it's about amadou Diallo.
0: okay oh wow that's very topical actually because the cops are still killing people especially black people out in the street um Okay, well, yeah, people really appreciated it. Um, You opened their eyes to Bruce. Uh, My question to you is, you've been to Bruce Springsteen concert. It was like one of the best nights of your life. How would you compare that to this EDM experience?
1: Well, so the Bruce concert is still the number one concert experience in my life. It was Mm -hmm. uh, more of a religious experience than anything Mm -hmm. else. This EDM experience was, it was actually more of, um, I would uh, would describe it more of like a personal experience. Uh, like something that I did for myself, like when I reflect back on it uh, more so than anything else. Uh, Because as you know, I don't do EDM concerts. I don't do any of this stuff. No, I don't do things at all. Yeah. So this game about, because a couple of my friends go to EDM concerts all the time Mm -hmm. and they wanted to take me for my birthday. Like this was planned a while ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, so I was like, okay, I'll do it. Um, And then... Uh, you know, as we got closer and closer to it, uh, me being the person that I am, I was like, Ugh, I don't know if I want to yeah. do this. Yeah. Because it's an EDM concert. It's silly, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but I went. I, I'm really glad that I went. Um, it was amazing, um, and I can talk to you more in detail about it if you want to.
0: Yeah, that's why the fuck I asked you about it. What do you, what do you think the point of this fucking podcast is? Hi, hello, how are you? You went to an EDM concert. Okay, bye. <laughs>
1: Um, so I guess, uh, where should I start now do you Wait, are you a, wondering
0: yeah, one of the questions I have for you is, um do you think i mean how do I ask this question? Do you think that in order to enjoy an EDM concert, one needs to be not here all the way?
1: So I'll tell you this: was my experience chemically enhanced? Indeed it was. Okay. Indeed it was. And I am very, very glad that it was. Oh, um, okay. And 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 again, I was a very, like, before I went, right, we did a lot of planning because, mm-hmm. again, I am not somebody who frequents EDM concerts. I'm not really somebody that likes to be out very late. Mm-hmm. Um, and I figured that if I was going to be doing this, like, I, I was going in with the understanding that this is going to be a one-time deal for me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, if it's going to be a one-time deal, Let's actually do the thing, right? Okay. Now, what that uh, what that meant for me was I ingested something.
0: Okay. Um,
1: <laughs> uh, now, uh, it wasn't anything unsafe. It was an uh, edible. Um, okay. It, oh, was, right. yeah. it was just far more potent than what oh, I'm okay. used to. Yeah. And yeah. also, uh, my uh, my experience with that stuff, I'm very careful about it. I o- I only do downer stuff. Because I do it before sleepy time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, this was a strain that was the opposite direction. It was supposed to, you know, it was supposed to get me turned up. Um, Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons why I don't do turned up stuff is because I don't do turned up stuff. Like, I'm just, yeah, me too. Same. I want to be very aware of where I am all the time, right? Yeah. So, my friends were like, okay, listen, you have to trust us. We're going to be there with you. And you Mm -hmm. have to commit to staying here for a while. Like, you have to commit to staying there Uh. for a while because they know me. Because exactly, that's what I would do, right? <laughs> um, so at like, uh, so we decided to, um, you know, to take it at nine thirty, right? Oh, so mm-hmm. I-, I went to this place called the Brooklyn Mirage, mm-hmm. which, by the way, lovely facility. Um, okay. And I went to a, uh, a, I guess it's a concert or whatever. I don't know what it's called, but it was a, a group called Anjuna Deep, which mm-hmm. is like multiple DJs, and then they have sets or whatever, right? Okay. So we decided uh, to uh, take it at 9.30 um, Mm -hmm. and they were very careful with me. They said that, okay, here's what's going to happen. About 45 minutes in, you are going to start to feel it. And when you start to feel it, that's when you have to let us know. And we, you know, if you are feeling bad or anything, you have to let us know right away. Right. Okay. So uh, I went, uh, I took it and I went back down to like, you know, where the crowd is or whatever. And I was standing there with my arms folded because I was like, yeah as you silly. do yeah, yeah as i do just counting down the minutes um and then i started to kind of like loosen up a little bit right uh-huh. just swaying back and forth or whatever um and then i felt a little bit off and okay. i reached for my phone and i looked at the time and it was ten fifteen, right <gasps> and that's when it was supposed to like hit me right uh-huh. and right as soon as i looked up right so they give you like these 3D glasses because there's like a laser show or whatever. And <laughs> right as I looked up, the lasers came right down at me. And I was like, oh, <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, because it's all hitting me right at once. Right. So I told my friends, two of them, I was like, hey, guys, just so you know, I am experiencing something. I feel a little unstable. So they're mm-hmm. like, OK, perfect. Thank you for letting us know. Two mm-hmm. of them took me out of the group, took me out of like mm-hmm. the crowd, took mm-hmm. me outside uh, to like the smoking section, and they had me just sit down for like fifteen minutes, uh-huh. which was great. Uh-huh. Um, and they were like, "Okay, here's what's happening. You are a little bit off kilter right now. You have uh, taken something, so you're just unfamiliar with it. You're yeah. gonna be fine. Just you know, nothing matters. Life is meaningless. Have a great time." I was like, "Wait, that's not <laughs> that helping me. That's actually worse." They're like, "No, no. You know, just just go back and just whenever you're ready to go back, just go back and just try to get into it, right?" Yeah. So I was like, all right. And then so like I waited outside for like 15 minutes and then I went back and uh, I just started kind of swaying back and forth, back and forth. Uh-huh. And like half an hour later, I was like, this is like the greatest experience of my life.
0: Wow. So, yeah. By
1: 1130, I was just very happy and wow. very into it. Um, I was sending out uh, very positive messages uh, to our nephew who was staying over at your house.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he was like, hey, yeah, he did. He was like, hey, he's so being so emotional and so nice to me that I feel like we know that he's having a great time at this concert. I was like, yeah, I think so. too." Yeah, exactly. (laughs)
1: Exactly. I was was telling him how proud I am of the man that he's grown up to become. I was like, with the morals and, and he's like. (laughs) <laughs> Real actually, The bass must be hitting you so hard. I was like, "Yeah, it's the bass." Yeah. But oh. so the reason why I'm glad that I did it this way is because just knowing myself, I you know I don't have any appreciation for like EDM music. Like I don't get yeah. it. I'm like, it's just whatever. It it all yeah. just seems like you know, synthetic garbage. <laughs> um, but obviously, being uh, in that state. Uh, it is much easier to get into the music, right? And then the second thing that it did, like just, I would have tried to leave by like 11 p.m. if I wasn't, because, you know, because I'm just, I have a hard time turning my brain off on stuff like that. Like I have a really hard time just being in the moment or whatever. Um, Because I was uh, zooted out of my mind, I really (laughs) couldn't go anywhere. So the only choice that I had was to kind of lean into it. Right. Yeah. And once I uh, leaned into it, it was just really, really nice. And though, you know, the I I don't know what my expectations were for EDM. I thought that it would be like a lot more jumping. And I thought it would be like, I don't know, I I thought it would be like this, um, like this sexy, sexy time or whatever. (laughs) But it's really not like like the people there are so and and I've only been to one. Right. So I don't know if this is always true or whatever. But the people there are, like, so welcoming and so nice. And nobody's, like, nobody's like getting into fights or anything like that. Like, um, you know, before in, like, the early 2000s, I used mm-hmm. to go to, like, clubs and lounges because that's what you did. There yeah. was always this, like, sense of, like, I don't know, fear. I don't know if it was fear or whatever, but it was I was just uncomfortable because there was, like, a lot of testosterone.
0: Oh, the, it's in- a deeply unsafe place.
1: Exactly, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, So at the EDM concert, there definitely are people that you see there that are like, you know, on some harder stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, You see people that are like very dressed up for like what you expect it to be like, you know, like, however. But if you show up in like basketball shorts and like a football jersey or whatever, they'll welcome you just as much. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And like that whole like love everybody vibe or whatever, you know, all that stuff. Um, and this could just be because I was zooted out of my mind. Um, yeah. But I really felt that. And it was really, really lovely. And so it turns out that when I get turned up and I turn my brain off, I am a huggy son of a bitch. Because I was, I was very, very huggy. Yeah. I was also extremely sweaty. Extremely. Because <laughs> basically what happens is you don't, uh, this is great for me, you just kind of sway back and forth. It's uh-huh. not a lot of jumping. But it is constant. So I was doing that for basically four hours. Um, And it was a very hot night and it was outdoors or whatever. So by the end of it, I was just extremely sweaty um, Uh and just giving out like sweaty kisses on cheeks to people (laughs) and just being very.
0: okay. there's a lot of people uh, who listen to us. First of all, there's not a lot of people who listen to us, but of the people who listen to us, a lot of them have uh said that they would love to um, spend some time with you. I think that you oh. really got people when you told them about how you love to talk to everybody. And some people said they'd love to be um, on a flight with you uh, just to hear you shoot the shit. So I think now those people know how to get close to you.
1: I'll say this, man. I like I left on. Uh, Saturday morning, I guess. I, I, yeah. I was there until like 3 a.m., which is unheard of for me. Yeah, yeah. 3 a.m. had a blast the entire time, right? Um, just drank lots of water. It was just really happy. Um, yeah. And then I was like, you know, I get why people do this. I get why people, like, it's, for me, I was like, this is just such a great release of like yeah. four hours of not having to think about anything, just getting all your energy out in like a positive way or whatever. So yeah. I was like, you know, if I was doing this like once a month, I'd be kind of okay with it. Yeah.
0: Um, and I can,
1: I can see the face that you're making. I don't think that you'd be, you'd be down your <laughs>
0: <laughs> I didn't look at my own face when I made that face.
1: You don't know. No, here's the
0: thing. No, no, no. Here's the thing. As you were, de- the funny thing about hearing you describe this, Experience is that I started to realize how much you and I are like. Like, I think that outwardly, I think that people would think that I'm more of an extrovert than you because I do like a lot more socializing. But -hmm. like the way you were talking about, like, yeah, you just like go to a place and then you look at your phone and you're like, all right, it's eleven o'clock, I gotta go home. Like, yep. A lot of the way you're describing, like, how uptight you feel sometimes is like fully how I feel a lot of times in social Mm -hmm. settings. Like, even, um. Like, I just, you know, I just, I have a heart. Like, where was I? Oh, I went to a party a couple of weeks ago. And it was really nice. I went to, like, a, a rooftop birthday party, right? Um, And definitely after, like, an hour, I was like, okay, this music is too loud and I'd like to go home now, right? Yeah. Um, and then I ended up staying a lot longer because my friends were there and we were having a time and the food was good and stuff. But, like, um, I definitely feel myself as I get older. I don't know if it's as I get older or just, like, I never got to experience any partying when I was younger, right? Because mm-hmm. our parents were strict and I wasn't allowed to go anywhere. So, like, I had only been to, like, clubs less than two times when I was in college. And that, too, like, was not a great experience. I mean, it was fun, but it was just one of those things where it was like, okay, like, I, I, I'm, like, great. I'm going to go home now. Like I want to pick up some chicken and rice and then I want to go home. Right. And I think like part of it was always like that anxiety of like, oh my God, I might run into one of my brother's friends and then they might see me and then I'll get in trouble because I wasn't supposed to be here. Um, Part of it was that. But like, I think that the the minute that I got freedom to like do what I wanted, I was somebody's wife. So like, and you know, my husband is not like a, uh, you want to talk about you standing around with your arms crossed oh yeah (laughs) he is not of this world i mean he loves a concert he does enjoy a concert i've been to many concerts with him and he does enjoy that a lot um but like he's just not a club he's not a he's he does not like crowds he does Mm -hmm. not like being touched by people he would hate to be sweaty, sweaty hugged by you. I think that would really freak him out. But like, I do love like my favorite part of weddings is like when the dance floor opens up and then like, especially like family weddings where we just dance for like three hours. Like I love that stuff. Right. But like, as you were describing, like what you were saying about like being at a place for four hours and able to not think about anything else, I realized that I've never had that luxury I've never had the luxury of being in a place for four hours and not thinking about my responsibilities.
1: Exactly. And, and I think that's the reason why the chemical enhancement helped me in that particular moment, right? Because yeah. um, my issue when I'm at any sort of thing that uh, I'm unfamiliar with or anything that is like time consuming or whatever, I'm like, okay, what is, what's the task here? Like, what is the assignment here? What am I supposed to do? Yeah, you know, being at this party, and you can't really like I can't turn my brain off or whatever, right? Um, But on Friday, I had to turn my brain off. Like there was the 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 assignment was to have fun, and apparently, I don't know how to have like just brainless fun. Yeah, for me, that was
0: realizing how lame we are.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we really are dorks, right? And I felt really (laughs) bad for like my friends because it pulled me out um, when it was hitting, and apparently, that's the best time. But I'm a dork. So I was like unfamiliar with the, with the, with the environment or whatever, but, yeah, um, you know, but I think that's what really helped me is going with people that I really trusted and they really watched out for me. Um, and that's really yeah. the only way that I would do it.
0: I will say this, that my version of a good time is maybe having a beverage, having an edible, getting in pajamas. Being in a room with my best friends and playing scattergories. Like, Mm -hmm. that's my idea of a good time. Because, like you were describing about the turndown, I always say this I'm always like, pot or alcohol for me is a sleep aid because I am going to sleep. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't drink really at all. But, like, the few times of my life that I've drank, I'm like, I'm ready for a nap. Like, I just want to go to sleep. Even with an edible, like, if I ever take an edible, if I don't go to sleep when it really starts to kick in, I and then I am high for the next thirty six hours because th- between the sleep and like being feeling sleepy and drowsy and then not going to sleep, like it really fucks with my mind. So like I and probably because most of the edibles I take are always like the sleepy times ones.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So my that's my idea of like a nice time of like a good relaxing time is just like me and my girlfriends in pjs a little bit high eating snacks playing categories
1: well my, and i don't think
0: that makes me a dweeb
1: it does not make you a dweeb it just makes you an old person we because we I, are we're old people
0: and we're old i think that's what it is i think that's it just I just i'm 38 almost like i think you're 40 like i think that this is just wait or did
1: you say that out loud age
0: appropriate i think this is age appropriate behavior and i think that's also why i made a face when you were like if i did this once a month i think that would be really good for me." i was like what's a month that's a did lot
1: you- so that's the other thing that i think i i think i said it about the people there but that's one of the things that you notice right there are a lot of you know, you you see a lot of different types of people, or I saw a lot of different types of people. Again, don't judge all EDM festivals with like the one positive experience that I had. But um, you know, there are a lot of like middle aged people there. There's a lot of obviously working professional people there. There's a lot of older people there. And they were just like relaxing and having a good time. Right. Um, And that's one of the things that my friends told me, they were like, okay, we're gonna do this, but you have to commit to it. You can't just be like your regular self, because what I usually do is, you know, when I'm when I'm out or whatever with them, I don't usually smoke pot when I'm outside, right? I'm yeah, yeah, do yeah. It when I'm like I know where I'm gonna be for like the next five hours. I'm probably just going to go to sleep next or whatever. Yeah. Um so yeah. and they're like, You can't really do that. I mean, they're like, You can do that, but you know, you'd be kind of wasting the experience. So yeah. they're like, just trust us, we'll take care of you. And I did. And that was oh, just really, really nice. Really nice.
0: Well, I'm going to Amsterdam in November, and I plan on doing mushrooms there.
1: Oh, have you ever done mushrooms? You've never done mushrooms.
0: I've never done mushrooms, ever. The only thing I've ever done is marijuana, and I've drank alcohol maybe four times in my life.
1: I've done mushroom once. It was in Atlantic Uh City, and uh, (laughs) it was incredible. The best part about it was me and my friends were on the beach at 2 a.m., (laughs) <laughs> looking at the waves for an hour and it was the most magical experience of my yeah,
0: life yeah if i find a windmill after i've done some mushrooms you're
1: done in Amsterdam you're done for the next five so hours you're just, be, you're just gonna be sitting in front of it yeah
0: <laughs> it's me in the windmill so but you know i'm all about like taking you know the was having these experiences in like the most regulated fashion possible like i think like even you being at this EDM concert with like several friends who are like checking mm-hmm. on you like that's what i need i need to be treated like a baby i can't be left by myself in these situations then i'm fucked like my friends who i'm going to amsterdam with are adults like and we're all like gonna take care of each other it's not like it's not a woo 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 they're not unstable females like jonah hill is worried about like it's normal <laughs> you know
1: if you ever go to an EDM festival, I'd want to go with you because I think you are a type A person, a, a, an A type of asshole, as I believe.
0: You <laughs> I'm a type of asshole. Um, I
1: know, and and I don't think I don't think without any chemical aids that you're going to stick around. There's no way you're sticking around past like ten forty five to eleven because you'll be like, okay, I get it. I see the lasers, cool. Lasers, cool. I see, I hear the music, whatever. It's fine. But
0: but um, I love a dance party.
1: It's not, uh, I guess, uh, but it's not a lot of dancing. It's just like like gentle gyrations. Was, at least that's what I was doing. And then also hugging people.
0: <laughs> maybe you thought you were gently gyrating, but you have no idea what you were doing.
1: There's some video evidence of what I was doing. <laughs>
0: All right. Maybe I should turn the Patreon back on and we could put <laughs> on Patreon. There's people also people some video
1: out. evidence, uh, uh, some blackmail evidence that one of my friends took while I was on the uh, curb sitting down, which... You know, has not been shared. But I told him, I was like, listen, you can't share this with anybody, but you can show it to people for blackmail." which I get. I mean, that's what that's you do fine. with your friends. So.
0: I guess. I, I guess that's what you do with your friends. I'm not sure about that.
1: <laughs> but um, all in all, man, I think the bigger thing for me was that uh, I don't do a lot of stuff like this. Um, uh-huh. and over the last two days, I've kind of been off of this high, probably because of all the drugs that I did. Um, but <laughs> I think, but I think it's more just like knowing that it's okay for me to do stuff. I think that I, I really kind of needed to do that for myself. So that's been really nice. And I think that's why yeah. i do more of, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be EDM concerts or whatever. I just want to get out there more often than I am, like just force myself out
0: yeah it is important to get yourself out of your comfort zone. like I have to go to a dinner tonight on a Monday night, and I it's offensive you know it's a friend you know her a friend of ours that is visiting from out of town, and so I'm like, I don't think i'll ever I don't think I'll get a time chance to see her another time, but you know what? I've been wearing sweatpants all day today because I work from home, and I do not want to put on hard clothes or makeup. Or do any type of like small talk making.
1: Oh, no. <sighs> Am I depressed? Oh, it's a Monday. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get you to an EDM festival right away.
0: You know what it it's is, Raheel. Depressed. I got my period. Sorry it's to disgusting. offend you. Uh, no, I, I, well, first food. of all, I,
1: I, th- I thought the baby factory was closed years ago.
0: <laughs> okay. You're ridiculous. And you don't understand how female anatomy works. Anyway, let's move on to females. Okay. It's been a week. Sure weekend of things um happening there's two quite egregious things that men we're not going to talk about females we're not going to talk about how men suck two egregious things happen on the weekend um i kind of i talked about already last week a little bit on my episode with ray sani about kiki palmer and her baby daddy acting a damn fool but i wanted to get your opinion on it because after that jonah hill's ex-girlfriend who is a professional surfer released all of these Text messages between her uh, between her and Joan Howe where he essentially was telling her that in order to continue a relationship with him, she needed to never take pictures with men, never have relationships with men, never surf with men, never surf, post pictures of herself in a bikini, never post pictures of herself in certain types of bikinis surfing, which is her profession. Never uh, have friendships with women with unstable pasts (laughs) (laughs) or scantily clad women. (laughs) And he kind of laid it out in like a list and he kept saying like, these are my boundaries. Like, these are my boundaries. And this is like what what I need from you. And if you can't do that, you need to tell me right now because – this is what I need in order to be in a relationship with someone. And yeah. he kept saying, like, you can't just say that you're 25 and that's just what 25 year olds do. If You want a wife? <laughs> if you want a family and kids with me, then you're going to need to change your life. Mind you, this man is 15 years fucking older than her, right? This is what he's demanding of the girl that he f- found by sliding into her dms by commenting on the very pictures that he's saying that she should not be posting up on the internet anymore he also went on her instagram and made her take down a bunch of of uh, her her professional surfing pictures so anyway what do you have to say for your people
1: i um, like i like how you say I-, I wanted to get your opinion of this as if i'm gonna come on here and be like yeah, yeah i agree with jonah like, oh. now,
0: let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Here's the more thing. Obviously, you don't agree with him, but there's a bunch of people on the internet who are also wrong that are like, I think that we need to figure out what's going on in the world where people think it's okay to release personal text messages and humiliate people like this on the internet.
1: Now that. I am open to a discussion on. I obviously listen. First of all, anybody like if Jonah Hill was my friend and he told me that this is how he was treating his girlfriend, I would say it's fucking ridiculous. Obviously, it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, right? yeah. Like that is her profession. You knew exactly what she was. She did for a living. You knew what she was passionate about. For you to go and try to change her is bullshit, right? Yeah. I do wonder about that. Like I, I, I know that there is. You have to give up some stuff being a celebrity and you get rewarded for that with like crazy amounts of money, like money that in no way kind of justifies or like, or like money that's like uh, no way justified by the actual work that you do, right? There is this sense of like, okay, what about privacy in this situation? I think it's different because it does seem like he was... I don't know if abusive is a strong word. Um, I think it is. I think it's, a an abu- I
0: think, it's a, I think it's a perfectly uh, appropriate word to use because I think that <clears throat> people think that abuse looks like, you know, physical abuse or cussing somebody out. But emotional abuse and um, or manipulation with men often surfaces this way, right? Of like, I am a good guy and you should want to settle down with me because I'm asking you, politely because i'm laying out everything right on the table like i think that that's and and i think that men who think that they're laying everything out on the table like here that here's all of my toxic traits on the table and you and, and and they kind of mask it in a way where it's like these are my toxic traits and I'm giving you a heads up ahead of time so that you know that this is what you're getting yourself into. And they're not doing it from a, a form of like, from a sense of like uh transparency. It's more so a sense of like, um, a um of like tapping into the, that like nurturing part of women, right. Of like, yeah. of like she's going to want, she's going to view this as like, I'm being so open and kind and honest with her. And Unfortunately, yes, a lot of times women do fall for it and they will be like, okay, well, at least he's being honest with me about his red flags. Maybe these are things that we can work on together. But the truth of the matter is that these types of men are not really trying to change at all. Like they're, they're, they don't realize that these toxic traits of theirs are actually toxic. They think that they're just being transparent about their like particular quirky personality or wants, you know? But it's like, that's not. If, if your quirky personality includes telling women how to dress or what kind of people to be friends with, then that's not a quirky personality. That's fucking controlling and weird.
1: I think I think what stood out about these text messages um, was that, you know, he was using very, um, like the language that he was using was very like therapy adjacent, I would say. Yes. Like he yes. was using words that come up in like therapy or whatever, right? Yeah. But he was using them to control his girlfriend, right? So I, I think him, like, uh, weaponizing therapy like that um, while trying to essentially control somebody, I think that that's what stood out. And I think that's the reason why people are so pissed off. Is like, okay, you're using all of, like, the nice guy words to make mm-hmm. a not nice guy request. And not even a request, like, to make, to, to give a not nice guy ultimatum, right? You are... Using it to uh, push this woman down and or control this woman, right? Which is a ridiculous request, but you're doing it like it's a wolf in sheep's clothing type of thing, right? I think that's the reason yeah. why people are so upset by it.
0: Also, do you know that he's selling merch that says selling merch? Yeah, so he has a a merch. He has a a clothing brand, or like a you know, like a athleisure clothing brand, I guess, mm-hmm. and it's called Meaningful Existence. And he's selling T-shirts and hats and sweatshirts That's a "complete unrelenting control."
1: That's, I mean, that's that's tough. I, I think that's probably an unfortunate um, coincidence. I, I would hope that he wasn't, you know, that no, that launched,
0: it. like last week.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't I'll say <laughs> Jonah Hill. <laughs> Jonah Hill has had a has had a long. Uh, like he's had an interesting career right you'd say like usually people that start off as just you know essentially like the fat funny guy don't yeah. end up having like a, a career like this that is like dramatic but also he has this like internet persona of being like this really chill guy who's like very into like you know progressive causes and being open sure. to everybody, you know all of that stuff right yeah i think seeing the again seeing like that persona be weaponized to control somebody is what is what pisses people off and i think that is 100 percent the right thing i think people should be pissed off right yeah so yeah he also has
0: a he also has tote bags that he sells that's say emotional baggage (laughs) that's kind of cute um i mean i would buy it because i carry a lot of that but um I think one of the funniest things about him saying, like, I don't want you to be friends, have relationships with females who have, like, unstable relationships themselves, Mm -hmm. while, like, being a part of, like, Hollywood and having, like, the friends that he probably has. Like, he's besties with Adam Levine, who was, like, in the news, what, last year because he slid into, like, (laughs) random girls, like, DMs. Like, let's, you know, the irony is ironic. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's it's crazy pants. Why no of course. Like what okay, here's my question for you. Okay. So Kiki Palmer's baby daddy also did this thing, right? Of like where he was like, "Oh, what is she wearing?" and this is a mother of my children and I should be able to like, you know, have an opinion about the mother of my children behaving this way and then also similarly, right? Um Jonah Hill's talking about this woman who he wants to one want to have a family with. Like, you know, they talk a lot about like Men and how they want a certain family, and it kind of it is like mass. It's it's this a uh, very traditional way of like looking at women mm-hmm. and your family structure and all that kind of stuff. You know, the, the uh, wild thing about the Kiki Palmer situation is that like this man, she is actually like the breadwinner. She is yeah. not your wife. You do not have a traditional relationship with her. And if you really are like the man of the house who's protecting his family, like you can't be both things. It's a contradiction. If you say that you're the man of the house and you're the person, you're the head of the household and you're the breadwinner and that's your wife and you want to protect her, but then at the same time, open her up to what Ray called like a verbal abuse situation. You're opening her up to abuse on the internet by going on the internet and saying these things, right? Similarly with Jonah Hill, it's like you want... This free, beautiful, adventurous, spontaneous, like wild woman. Like, these are the women that you go after. You go after certain kinds of women. And I'm not saying this woman is wild or whatever, but like, you go after independent women. We live in a world where men believe. That they are the type of men who can be with secure, strong, independent women. They don't want to be with traditional women. They want to be with these, like, badass, free-thinking women. Mm -hmm. But then once they are in relationships with these women, they don't actually want them to continue to be those women. They want to be men who get to control those kinds of women. And I think you and I both know that that's, like, definitely – I mean, we could talk about it more so in – Like our personal spaces. Like, I think that culturally speaking, like in our culture and like a lot of South Asian relationships, we see that a lot, right? Of like guys who get married to women who they dated Mm -hmm. in college, um, Mm -hmm. who were like not traditional girls. But then once they got married, they had very specific views about the way that they wanted their marriage to look. And they didn't want their wives to be those like, party girls anymore they don't want their wives to be out there anymore they don't want their wives to be dressing a certain way anymore because it's like fun until she's your wife and then suddenly you view her as a different on a different lens and then now you want to control her so what are your thoughts on that (laughs)
1: like I you just (laughs) put all that at my feet um and
0: then my arms like i would at an idiot i know exactly
1: explain men um
0: (laughs) speak for your people
1: Um, so obviously it's not all men. Right. But I think it, the reason why it happens is because again, all of this stuff is very new. Like it's, it seems, you know, it seems it's like, okay, it's 2023. How can you still think like that? Right. But like, like these, you know, these independent women that you speak of, right. Like this surfer, like, like this woman has a profession as a surf instructor, right. That Mm -hmm. profession, how long has that even like how long has that profession been around for women? Like she wouldn't have been able to do this 20 years ago. Right. Yeah. So everyone is very unfamiliar with this territory. Um, I think that obviously I think the culture is set by men. um, And what's happened over the, like the last 20, 30 years is, you give a little bit of space to women. To make them feel like they're independent, be like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, yeah I am yeah. listening to you, right? And I think <laughs> that's one of the biggest things that came out of the Me Too movement. Like for me, was that you know there, I always knew that there, you know, there are men that abuse their power uh, just because they're powerful, right? And I always mm-hmm. used to think of those men as like anti-feminist men, like you know your your classic like Hollywood producer that wants to like crush women, right? i think the bigger thing that the me too uh movement revealed was that there are these like very feminist quote-unquote feminist men that Mm -hmm. outwardly say that oh that say all the right things right but when they are you know when they are alone with a woman they still act uh you know it's just it's all just a ruse or whatever right which is very sad and i think that hurts i think that hurts women way more than anything else because like when you think you have an ally and then you find out that that person is not an ally, that they're just saying the thing just to get... So that that's all very troubling, right? I don't know why it is. I just think that it's an evolutionary thing. I, I hope that it gets better. Um, I think, you know, at the same time, I, I think about myself, right? Like I'm not married, right? One thing mm-hmm. I think you and I have both noticed is that um, I tend to be really good friends with married women. Um, nope. And a lot, and a lot of the reason, <laughs> a lot of the times that that it happens is because, like, in my twenties and thirties, right, I did not fit the profile of the type of man that DC women would be interested in, right? Uh-huh. I just didn't, right? Yeah. Once they got married, right, they're like, they're they kind of realize that they don't want to be in that traditional setting either right now there is mm-hmm. nothing like sexual about it or anything like that right but there's just like a freedom that i think i have with like you know <laughs> i like how you're making big guys um but, <laughs> but you know i i think i think that's the thing right it's just it's what you learn it's like, okay so you can be wild as a man right you're like okay i can be wild in my 20s mm-hmm. um but once it's time for me to be serious I'm going to be completely serious and I'm going to be a breadwinner. I'm going to do all the traditional things. And I want my wife to do exactly the same thing. Right. Mm. The friends that I have that talk like that. um, Aren't actually traditional outside of their marriage. You know what I mean? Like they're still very much wild or whatever. So I think it's just, I think it's just something that we're all kind of adjusting to. And it's sad um I hope I'm not like that, but you never know, right? You never know what you're like until you're in a relationship with another person and you know, you find out that you're a real piece of trash. Um <laughs> But um I don't know. I mean, I, it's it's sad I think uh, I would I would like it to get better. I'm not sure how yeah. it gets better though.
0: Yeah, I think that I mean, it would get better by like just uh men need to be honest with themselves about like it's kind of like okay yeah it's kind of like uh the way that um people say that they're like you you know you have to be anti racist right You have to be like anti-toxic masculinity. (laughs) Like you have to be, you have to be actively like a person who genuinely has empathy and understanding for women. I think that there's a difference, right? Like there is this, this surface level shit that men like to do when they're like, oh yeah, I'm a feminist. Like the way you described it, I'm a feminist. And like, you know, I totally think that blah, blah, blah. But it's like when it comes down to your home life, suddenly everybody is fitting into their very specific gender roles and everybody everybody's expectations are very specific because of what whoever they are in their marriage i can't tell you the number of men i i've seen or marriages i've seen where it has become a problem when women make more money than their spouses like there, mm-hmm. it's a problem it becomes a problem to a point where you know you have you have all kinds of issues you have infidelity issues you have issues of of you know, like near divorces. And I know people who have gotten divorces because of that kind of uh, an, an imbalance. And these are people who are in relationships with people who they've been in, with since they were like 19, right? And it's not specific to just like South Asian culture. I know this to be true about uh, a lot of different cultures. Mm-hmm. But I think that the the way it gets better is for us to just – to for men to actually – do the work like the way we talk about like in order to be anti-race you have to actually actively think about why we should or shouldn't be doing a certain thing right like I was talking to somebody about um about like how how do you know that you're whether you're appropriating or appreciating somebody's culture Mm -hmm. and like I realized that a really simple way is to say like when you see a black person walking down the street Do you feel a shift within your body, whether it comes to like how you feel or safety or anything, right? And if you still in your gut sometimes get nervous when you see a black person walking down the street behind you, a perfectly regular black person walking down the street behind you, you know you still have fucking work to do. You know that there is still something inside of you that you need to unpack and figure out why the fuck you're uncomfortable when there is a black person around. And if you still in that situation will like – use a a certain accent when you're, or use a black accent or use certain language or use certain ways of speaking around when they, when black people are not around, then yes, you are not appropriating your, you're not making, you're not appreciating your appropriating and you're still behaving in ways that carry with them a bias. So I feel like with men, when you see a woman, right, when you see a woman and you have the sort of like Caveman y thought about a woman. I think that sometimes you need to like tap into your mind and be like, that's inappropriate. I should not be doing that. I think that there's, there's like a norm, there's like a thing where you're like, all right, it's just a thought in the back of my head. But I feel like that is the way you have to like actually actively do the work to remove some of your biases about like women and how they should be functioning in the world.
1: Sure. I I don't know if I want to tie those two things together because I think the race discussion is there's more to it, I think, than just that. Right. Um, I would want to ask you a question. I I do think that most of what happens in the culture is set by men. I think a lot of, you know, even like even some of like the feminism stuff that we see is still set by men. Right. Yeah. Um, A lot of like the conversations or whatever. Right this is not a one-to-one comparison. So don't take it as a one-to-one comparison because I know you're going to get angry at me. Um, But like, I have a friend, one of the friends that I went to uh, at the ADM concert with, right? He has uh, multiple sugar baby situations, right? (laughs) Now, is being a sugar baby, as a woman there, are you harming women By being a sugar baby. Like the guy is taking advantage. He has the resources to make it happen. Right. But to me, to me, it's like, okay, if I'm a woman and I can get paid for this relationship, I think that's perfectly okay. Like I think that that's an okay thing for a woman to do. Well, I think it comes down
0: to, well, we talked about it all the time. I'm not comparing it to sex work, but like, I, it, it, I always bring it down to everything comes down to consent. You're Mm -hmm. if you're a consenting adult in a situation, then that's that's fine by me. I don't think that that changes like I don't think that that like sets feminism back by being a sugar baby.
1: But isn't that then contributing to like the like to that backwards thinking of like the man has to provide for me and all I have to do is offer up this part of myself. But I think that,
0: that that's for a specific, but for certain, for certain setups that works. There are women who are mm-hmm. happy, happy to be the submissive wife and they're okay with that. Yeah. Right. I think that's the difference. Right. Is like, there are men who act like they are not, uh, insecure about, yeah independent strong women and then once they are in relationships with independent strong women they suddenly have extremely fragile egos i think that's the difference right like in in a sugar baby situation that doesn't set because it because we can't we, every situation is not going to be the same like yeah of course like in, in that in that setup that works i don't think that that perpetuates the further idea that men can uh provide for women and then therefore get certain things back because every woman is not the same. Every woman isn't gonna behave the same way.
1: Yeah. No, I, I think I mean I think what it comes down to is that men have to realize that we have the power, like regardless of what happens. Yeah. We will probably have the power for the rest of my lifetime, right? Yeah. Just because that's how progress works or whatever. So we have a responsibility with that power, right? Yeah. Um you have to be open to um, you have to be open to evolve, right? And you have to be open to like hearing somebody out, even if at the face of it, it doesn't make sense to you because it is contrary to everything that you thought growing up, right? Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's a big difference. I think, and for women, like, I know it's not easy to always speak up and to like let your emotions be known. Um, And it's yeah. always not. And, and it's a lot of times it's not welcome. Right. So that's the reason why it's scary. But I think for like a healthy relationship, both of those things have to be true. Right. Like the I, I think in a lot of in a lot of situations, like the conversation has to start from the female perspective because a man, you know, is like, okay, everything is going great. I think everything is perfectly fine. Right. Yeah. Um, it, but if a woman speaks up, then you kind of have to just Shut up and listen for a little while and have a conversation. I think that's really the only way. I think there's work on both sides. Um, mm-hmm. But obviously, I think the work on the male side is uh, more. Um, yeah. And it's, you know.
0: I think that, um, yeah, you know, have a conversation with a person. People are allowed to change their mind also. Like, exactly. That's people the other are big like big thing. People are like, she should have, like about Joan Hals, she should have kept these text messages to herself. I'm like, no, If she wants to put those text messages out. It really doesn't fucking matter. Like she is a person who is allowed to do that. Like people, because, you know, everyone's like, this is so humiliating for him. It's like, yeah, it's humil. It is humiliating that he behaved this way. It is. Yeah. It should be humiliating. He should be humiliated for for behaving this way because he's probably not the first time that he has behaved this way. And the, and the way that he's like therapy talked it means that he spoke to somebody about this and they were like, yeah, this seems like a good way of going about the situation. Yeah. Yeah. And if you lay it out for her, then that's like you're being the good guy here. And you're like, you know, she's she knows what she's getting herself into. It's like it's still not okay. Somebody should have said like. Jonah, I think that if you think that it's okay to tell women what to do, then maybe you should not be in a relationship with a woman for a little while, or not be in a relationship with that woman, because I don't think that that woman is for you.
1: I think, I I think, um, you know, when you again, when you go back and you're like, oh well, I don't know if uh, if somebody's private text should be released, right? Because this is a person that was in a relationship. And he has the expectation of privacy within the relationship, right? That's sure. kind of a trust thing that you do. Right. Um, and then when you read the, when you read the text or whatever, um, he says multiple times that he's being vulnerable. Um, and then he uses that as like a cover to be controlling. Yes. So I think that's really what it comes down to. I think, I think, you know, the reason why it is not like a gross, like, um, I don't think it's like cross, uh, what's the word? Um, you know, it's not an invasion of his privacy only because the request that he's making is ultimately abusive, right? It is controlling. So I think that's the reason why it's okay. I still don't think that, you know, it's not like carte blanche, like, you know, all of you, you shouldn't expect all of your personal relationship text messages to be out there in the open. Right. I think that's unhealthy also. And I think that, Creates to, that leads to a very untrusting environment but at the yeah. same time his like his, his actions are the ones that kind of led him to this place right his requests are the reason why he's here is because he was making crazy um crazy demands well i don't yeah. know maybe i should use crazy but you know he it, was making unreasonable it, demands. unreasonable
0: demands yeah and i think that like if he's like oh this is you know Oh, messed up because I'm a public person in the public Mm -hmm. eye and whatever. It's like, yeah, because you're a person in the public eye, you should be more. If people are worried about behaving a certain way because they're worried that somebody else is going to find out that they behave that that way, maybe just don't behave that way. (laughs) You know, like if you're worried that you're doing a thing that if somebody else was to see you do, you'd get in big trouble. Maybe that's a Maybe that's a sign you shouldn't be doing the thing. You know, that's uh, that's that's like what our mother used to tell me, except she used to say, if you can't tell your mom that you're doing something, then you probably shouldn't be doing it, which, of course, now I'm like, lady, but (laughs) I couldn't talk to you for years. But it's true. Like, if you can't even tell your best friend that you're doing a thing, you probably shouldn't be doing a thing. Maybe. Or you could be like me as a sometimes best friend where my best friend sometimes tells me things. And I'm like, you know what? It's probably justified. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Okay. Do, are you following what's going on with this Britney Spears thing? I wanted to bring it up with you because uh, it's related sports. to pop culture and sports. Now there's this uh, person named Victor.
1: I want to see it. Say I, I want to hear you say it. Wembenyama.
0: Wembenyama. And People are just calling him Wemby?
1: Yes, because it's okay. easier.
0: Okay, because it's easier. So he was uh, somewhere. I don't know where he was. Was he in Las he Vegas? He was in Las
1: Vegas for um, Summer League, NBA Summer okay.
0: League. Yeah. Uh, and then he's, he's apparently like the most talked about um, young person joining the NBA since like LeBron James, right? Like he's very good. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yes, he is the most highly touted, um, probably the most highly touted uh, 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 player ever. So before him, it was LeBron James, right? When LeBron was coming out of high school, they were like, okay, this is, you know, LeBron was on a magazine cover when he was a junior in high school, and they called him the next one or the chosen one or whatever, right? Yeah. They say that if Wemby came out at the same time that LeBron came out, Wemby would have gone higher. So he is... (laughs) Yeah, he's supposed to be a super duper star. Like, okay, he, well. like the Wemby lottery basically means that the Spurs are theoretically set for the next 20 years because yeah. he is such an advantage.
0: Okay. So, what happened is that last week, a report suddenly came out. The report was there was a news story and there was a police report that one of Wemby's security guards open palm slapped. Britney Spears, the Britney Spears, it's Britney bitch in the face (laughs) and in a crowded club or hotel or something, right? Yeah. And so there was a police report and it was, uh, you know, the police report was very damning and people were like, what the fuck? Why would somebody do that? And then Britney Spears did a iOS news uh, personal statement, which... She does often where she talked about like how embarrassing it was. She went up to him. She tapped him on the shoulder and his security guard slapped her so hard across the face that her sunglasses fell down and that she wasn't issued an apology and that she also has security and her security's never done that to anybody. And if they were, then she would have apologized to them and all that stuff. So she basically takes it to the public to say that she demands an apology from Victor's camp or from Victor himself. Mm -hmm. Then there is an interview done where somebody asks, like, hey, so did you hear what happened? And then Victor's like, yeah, I mean, I was walking. And then somebody like grabbed me from the back. And then I don't know what happened behind me, but I just know that we had talked about just walking ahead. Like don't stop for anyone. Don't turn around. Don't say hello to anyone. Just keep walking ahead and security is going to rush you through to wherever it is you need to go. So he says, he's just kind of like, nervously laughing through this interview and then somebody's like did you know that that was Britney Spears and he's like yeah that was crazy that it was Britney Spears but I didn't I didn't know cuz I never turned around to mm-hmm. find out who it was I just kept walking and when I got to my like destination or whatever somebody told me oh that was Britney Spears and I was like you're joking right and so the internet as the internet does was like this is fucked up how could you do like all the it's Britney bitch Free Britney people were like, Britney's been through enough. How could he do this to her? Blah, blah, blah. She's been humiliated, right? And then all the other people were like, it is a lot for Britney to be demanding something of this person who he himself did not directly do anything to her, right? Like he himself physically did not do anything to her. He didn't even know that it was her, right? So... People were going back and forth. And I like initially when I saw the news, I was like, oh, it's fucked up. This lady touched somebody and somebody open, like a man open palm slapped her in the face. Then there was security footage that said, no, she didn't actually get hit in the face. He, the guy, pushed her hand back and her own hand slapped her in the face. Right. And then uh, there was just a lot of conflicting stuff back and forth now the police report like the charges have been dropped and it's all like put away but i think that it brings up an interesting interesting thought right because people like love britney and think that like she um that if she is coming up to you to say hello that you should turn around and say hello to her. Like, for, right? Yeah, like, feel, like she's entitled to it. Like, she's entitled to your yeah. space, right? I think that, like, if you think about the optics, right, of take away who these people are. If you think about the optics of a white woman going up to a black man or brown man and trying to put her hands on him and somebody pushes her away and then that woman makes a big fuss of it. Right. That's very problematic, especially like a 19 year old, a 19 year old kid, right? This is a 19 year old kid. I think that there is something to say there about like the optics of that and like what societally, like what can happen in those situations where a young person is coming up and now Britney Spears is in Britney fucking Spears is in the news and in, in going to the police pre- pressing charges for something like this, right? What came out since then is that the security team, Brittany's team says, no, actually what happened is that, yes, this happened. And then her, his security team did apologize. As soon as Victor found out who it was, his team made sure to like check in on Brittany Spears and see if she was okay and like apologize. Brittany went to the police and she claims that she was never, nobody had checked on her, nobody apologized to her. And she has since then retracted that statement. Because there were apologies given. She just wasn't happy with the apology. And she demanded, like, to take it to the public. I think, like, it it makes me feel so conflicted because, obviously, whatever that security, man, security guard did was super fucked up. Like, don't put your hands on a woman, period. But I also feel like it's pretty mm. fucked up of Britney Spears to take it to the public in a way that could like really fuck with this kid's future. Do you know what I mean?
1: I mean, I think the entire thing is actually just very, very unfortunate. The entire thing is just sad. Um, Yeah. And it's sad because uh, it's sad, but it's also like, it's a very, it's a non-story because nothing actually happened. Like, okay, I I understand she got, you know, her hand hit her face or whatever it was a momentary thing. It's not like it stopped her in her tracks or whatever. Right. Um, Mm. I think, I don't know if I, again, if, if these two people weren't famous people, I don't even think this interaction happens. Right. Yeah. I don't know if I would, if I would think about white woman, you know, African French guy, he's French actually, Um, Wemby. But he is, you know, he's a black man. Right. Yeah. Um, What, what I was thinking about was like, you know, Wemby has a lot of pressure on him for a 19 year old. He is supposed Mm. to be a savior Like he is going to be worth a billion dollars if everything goes right. Right. So there's a lot of pressure on him. And so the NBA and the Spurs and himself and the sports world has an interest in making sure that Wemby is fine. That is the reason why his security is as no nonsense as it is. Right. That is the reason why his security guard is a type of security guard that does not look behind to like, you know, knock away somebody's hand because His first job is to make sure that Wemby is protected. Yeah. And it's ironic because I think it's looking at people like Britney Spears who got very famous and very rich at a very young age and seeing how that can go wrong sometimes because the pressure is insane. It's because of people like Britney Spears that, you know, somebody like Wemby is as protected as he is. That's a
0: great point. Yeah.
1: So it's, you know, yeah, you know, Brittany is like a 41, 42-year-old white woman now.
0: Yeah. She's been yeah.
1: famous and rich for a really long time. Her thinking that she can just run up on somebody and be entitled to a picture or something like that is ridiculous. But it's also because, it's not because she's a white woman, it's because she's been a star for more than half of her life, right?
0: Sure, yeah.
1: So it's all... It's all very complicated. It's sad. I, I don't know if Britney Spears is doing great right now, which is a whole other thing. Um, um, yeah. I and, you know, I, I never watched that documentary, but it's not, I, I can't imagine how difficult it is to grow up the way that she did and be like the sole provider for everybody and how much that fucks you up. Right? Yes. So you just try to have it's, I am. I don't really think that there's a team here.
0: No, um, I'm not no, like there's no team isn't.
1: Wimby or Team Britney or anything like that. I just wish you know everybody the best. I guess. Um, yeah. At the end of the day. Yeah, yeah I think.
0: Just... Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. And this may just what.
1: No, this may just be the drugs that I had on Friday. <laughs> They're still in there. About. Yeah. You know, positive.
0: I I will say this: like I think that it's it's okay to say that Britney Spears uh, was. It's okay to have empathy for Britney Spears and sympathy mm-hmm. for Britney Spears while also accepting that because of the shit that she has gone through, it's likely possible that she's still not well. Like, it's mm-hmm. okay to admit that Britney needed yeah. to be free, but that also that Britney is very unwell right now. I think it's yeah. okay to admit both things. I I don't think that in order to, like, when people say, like, hey, I'm worried about Britney Spears, like, people are like, how could you say that? Like, no, it's none of that. Like, and I think that. That that point that you brought up about like her being a 19 year old who was once in her in his exact position, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe that is why she ran up to him. Maybe I didn't even know that Britney was a ball fan like that. She knows who this man is. I was talking, (laughs) I was talking to Ray, and Ray was like, (laughs) she was like, she was like, this man is like seven feet tall, and Britney Spears is like five two or five three and she says in her thing I just touched him on the shoulder she's like how did you touch him on the shoulder that's physically impossible to touch this man on the shoulder yeah. um, but you know either, either way I think like yeah it's really fucking unfortunate that that happened but hey hey guys how about this yeah. how about we all keep our fucking hands to ourselves how about that okay yeah Yeah.
1: can not give you two more sports things
0: oh god sure
1: oh god sure One of them is female related. All right. How about this? How about I send it to you? I I, I tell you about it so you don't send me sappy videos about like girls not recognizing female uh, athletes like it's my fault.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's a good ad. It's from Ireland.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And you sent it to me like it's my fault. Anyways, um, do you know about the Las Vegas Aces? Do you know who they are? The who? Las Vegas Aces.
0: Is this a basketball team?
1: It is a WNBA team.
0: okay yes
1: and i just think that they uh that we should talk about them because they're probably the greatest wnba team of all time
0: exciting times yes
1: exciting times and uh you should be following them that's all
0: okay oh all right great thanks
1: Uh, um and then the second thing is uh do you know who arjun Nimala is no arjun Nimala is a 17 year old indian kid from florida uh-huh. Who got drafted by the Toronto Blue Jays? Oh,
0: 30th. yeah, it, very exciting! is he your first Indian baseball player?
1: He is not our first Indian baseball player because if you remember that movie Million Dollar Arm,
0: which okay. is like
1: the John Hamm movie, so they uh-huh. recruited like these guys from India.
0: Not but to be confused with Million Dollar Baby.
1: Not to be confused with Million Dollar Baby. No. um so they they recruited these two indian guys to be pitchers i think they signed with the pirates or something but i don't know if any either of them made it um and then there's this guy named kumar rocker who is a like a stud college pitcher he's half indian he's half indian and half african-american um i think he got drafted last year but he hasn't played because he had an injury or whatever okay but arjun is the first he is the first uh based like a position player um who got drafted uh Uh, into the mlb and it's a huge deal and i'm
0: looking forward to it a win for the culture
1: oh huge win for the culture because our culture we don't play baseball and we really should we we would be amazing at it because of all Mm -hmm. the cricket that's how he started his dad used to play cricket so then he just took up baseball and now he's amazing
0: well that's very very exciting um, yes. Maybe I'll actually watch baseball because I. You will not. You will not. He probably won't come up for like, another left. five years. No. Yeah. yeah. He's okay. probably not going
1: like, to play. He's going to be in the Chick fil Five me. years.
0: Okay. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I wanted to talk to you about a story that my friend Taria told me about. So if you listen to Taria's podcast and you listen to this podcast, then you know which story I'm going to share. But Rahul, you don't know the story.
1: Okay.
0: Okay. Do you love Trader Joe's?
1: I, yeah. I mean, I like going to Trader Joe's.
0: How do you feel when you are at Trader Joe's?
1: At Trader Joe's, when I am there, I am like, "This all of this stuff is amazing." Like, I feel like I am all organic, and like, oh, of course, of course, I am gonna get this. This is so much better than like Shoprite and Walmart. This is like, I am being good, and all this other stuff. In the back of my mind, I am completely aware of the fact that Trader Joe's is a part of like a major corporation. Um, okay, is it is it Aldi? Is it Aldi, or is it something else? Yeah, I else? think
0: so. A, yeah, yeah, a major yeah,
1: corporation Aldi. owns them, so. All of like the like the granola bullshit image that they have is just marketing.
0: OK, sure. But how do you feel like the customer services at Trader Joe's?
1: Very happy, very helpful. Like I'm at an EDN concert.
0: OK, well, I'm going to read you an, ex- an excerpt from a, of an article by Slate that came out. A couple of weeks ago. Okay. When Jeremy worked at the sterile, fluorescently lit grocery store cha- chain Albertsons, he and the other employees rarely connected. The store was too big and there was too much to do. Imprisoned for hours at the register in the stale, lightly chilled air surrounded by People magazine, Tic Tac, and Slim Jims, he spent most of his time waiting to leave. Things changed after he started working at Trader Joe's. The place just seemed alive. Everyone was friendly. The store was small enough for friendships to form, and the endearingly tacky Hawaiian shirts and punny food stuffs made it the, Punny foodstuffs made it seem fun. More importantly, everyone, it seems, was banging each other. Oh <laughs> Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> the title of this article is Trader Ooze. You're not imagining it. Trader Joe's employees are all boning each other.
1: Oh my god. I just I thought that they were all like very friendly with each other. I didn't know that they were all fucking.
0: Yeah, okay. Trader referring to Trader Joe's as the single most incestuous company he has ever Jeez, worked Louise. for. He described his first few months there as a sort of carnal mayhem.
1: Jeez. is this all trader joe's this is trader joe's like three minutes from me
0: he worked at uh trader joe's at a a specific trader joe's for 10 years um but it is like a well-known thing that people work at trader joe's and get married at trader joe's and trader joe's managers often marry each other people end up being in long-term relationships with each other um for some people shopping at trader joe's is affordable Grocery grocery blood sport, a battle with other customers to get the last mango, jicama, slaw, or new frozen items. For others, there's a sort of quivering horniness in the air. A tension floating between the shelves of tomato feta soup and everything but the bagel seasoning.
1: <laughs> you know, I haven't, um, I- I've sensed something being off a little bit, <laughs> but I didn't think that it was horniness. I just thought it was the lighting.
0: <laughs> either everyone at Trader Joe's wants to fuck me or everyone at Trader Joe's is fucking each other but something sexual is definitely going on said a comedian
1: Jeez, so is.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah Trader Joe's has been named uh, for a lot of hookups and then on top of that they're also told to be like extremely nice to each other like they're yeah. just extremely and then so the, and apparently the Trader Joe's crew subreddit um, had a ton of uh, illuminating stories about how people just like hook up with each other all the time so
1: is that the worst thing in the world that you are pumping in all of this like positivity
0: Uh, it's artificial
1: positivity but at least the people boning it sounds like some people are getting married right so um, I don't know I don't know how I feel about all this I
0: I think I I feel good about it
1: I think yeah I think I'm coming away with like a positive Mm -hmm. feeling about Trader Joe's
0: Yeah. I told the story on my friend Tria's podcast, but um, when Aiden went back to school after his treatment, I remember being at Trader Joe's the very first day I dropped him off, right? And I was, like, having kind of, like, a rough day or whatever. And, like, I asked somebody that was working there for, like, an item. I don't know what it was. And they were like, oh, we're all out. And i like, I think I just kind of, like – Sigh deeply, or whatever, but I wanted him to know that it wasn't because of him. I was like, I'm, I'm yeah. sorry, it's not you. It's just, you know, it's first day of school. It's just a tough day, or whatever. And I didn't go into any detail about like why it was a big deal that I was like kind of having a hard time dropping Aiden mm-hmm. off to school, or whatever. I was just like, oh, you know, my kid went back to school today. So it's just been a hard day. So then I'm getting rung up, and this guy comes out to me and hands, gives me a bouquet of flowers. I oh my like, God! He was like I know you're having a hard day, so maybe this will make you feel better. At the time, I was like, "He's just so friendly," but now I'm like, "Was you was you trying to get it in?"
1: You could have had a like a torrid affair for eighteen months.
0: Oh my God! I could have had a traitor tryst. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Uh, anyway. It makes me want to shop at Trader Joe's more, that's for sure. It does too. No, I'm gonna
1: yeah. keep my eyes
0: open now. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. Last time I was there last week, I was unfortunately there with my kids, so I couldn't scope out yeah, much. Oh, but
1: boo, boner <laughs> boo,
0: kids. But yeah. It was wonderful. Anyway. That's nice. That's nice. Uh that's it for this episode. I'll be back later this week to talk about housewives. And um there's a new Sonia and uh sonia morgan and luann de Lisep's spin-off show that i think i might get you to watch one single episode of I you do love luann and sonia you love sonia
1: i'll do it i will just have to be um i'll just have to do drugs before
0: Look yeah that's game. fine that's apparently the solution for most things yeah. just do drugs beforehand maybe that'll be the name of this episode <laughs> just do drugs just do drugs kids